So my brothers and sisters, that first reading from Isaiah this morning is, is a bit startling because Cyprus, Cyrus, um, he was a pagan ruler. He was the, in charge of the Persians. He was not a, a, a disciple of, of Yahweh. And yet our, our Yahweh says, I take him by the hand and I hold him. And doors open, and kings support and bow before him. It's a sign to me, in the very earliest time of the Jewish tradition, time of Isaiah, there was this incredible revelation that even though they were the chosen people, it was not an exclusive choice, but that it was for all people. That Yahweh was a God for everyone. So the Persians, the enemy, the pagan, swooped the Jews out of captivity in Babylon rebuilt their temple and brought them home. I mean, that's as clear as it can be. It didn't wait till the coming of Jesus to reveal this. Isaiah says it. That this God is a God for everyone. I had an opportunity this week to be with a family who lost a son. And he'd been in the program, a program for addiction. And I went into the reception and I heard these people stand up over and over and over again. And thank that family for their son who had died. And why did they thank him? Because their lives were ruined. Their lives, they were in captivity. And somehow, this young man sponsored them, showed them a way said that you can still enjoy life without drugs or alcohol and that you can live. And I thought to myself, how else do you come to gratitude? I don't think there's another way. Maybe there is. Some of you are naturally just grateful people, I guess. But for most of us, it's through struggle, through, through, through addiction, through loss, through trying to be better people, we find gratitude. And I don't want to have to go through it, to be honest with you, to get to a point where I get there. No one wants that. I don't want to go through those struggles. But there they are. 
And when they come, what a difference it makes. It changes your world. It changes your life. You become grateful. So my sisters and brothers, you and I must live in that. We're living in a very, very dark and difficult time. I look at Jerusalem today. I hope you realize, I'm sure you do, Jerusalem is the center of the three great religions of the world. All three claim Jerusalem as the great place of peace. The Jews, because it was Abraham, the father of all nations, it was his people. It was the guaranteed guardianship of Yahweh all through the centuries. And his faithfulness, his faithfulness to those people. The temple is there. Destroyed as it has been, a wall. But it's there. It's the most sacred place for the Jew. For us as Christians, the city of Jerusalem, my brothers and sisters, is the great place of the death and resurrection of our blessed Lord. It's where he worked, where he taught, where he healed, where he brought the message of his Father to the world. It's the most sacred place, no question, for all of us. And for the Muslim, the Dome of the Rock is the third most sacred place in their tradition. Right there, smack in the middle of the city of Jerusalem, the Dome of the Rock, the place of Muhammad. The belief in the Muslim tradition. And yet, my brothers and sisters, in that most sacred place in the entire world, we hear revenge and chaos and destruction and disharmony. It's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking to see what's happening in that land, in that sacred city. I was thinking just the other day of an old thought that I had some years ago, and I don't have it just perfect because it's kind of gotten away from me. But it's a rabbi who's speaking to his disciples, and they ask him, Rabbi, when is the darkness of night over? And when is the light of day? And the rabbi says, well, when do you think it is? 
is that when I can see the disciples say, the creases in my hand, when I can see it, is that, day, is that daybreak? No. Is it daybreak when I can distinguish between one animal and another kind of animal? No. Is it when I can see ahead of the road and look for danger and find some... No. Then when is it, Rabbi? When is night over? When is darkness over? When is there light? And the rabbi said, it is light only when you can look into the face of every man and every woman and see that they are brother or sister. I don't know if we believe that. I was thinking about that a lot this morning. I saw some of these poor folks. We have coffee and donuts. They come from the park. They want to have a little breakfast with us. And I kind of neglect them. But I stopped this morning. I talked to them. One guy told me he was going to become a priest. I said, good luck, Buster. (laughs) But brother and sister, that's who we are. And I don't think there is another way out for us. Amidst the savageness, the destruction, and the pain of Israel and Gaza, And the world, unless we live and walk in the light, unless we can recognize in every man, every woman, no matter if they're black or white, rich or poor, gay or straight, divorced or marriage, no matter what the condition, who they believe in, and how they worship their God, unless we can see in them all of that, all of that, our brother and sister to you and to me. We have a challenge before us, no question. We're praying in a special way for peace in that land. But we must work for peace. We must in our own tiny little orbits of life bring that peace. And when we do, the darkness of night will be over and the light will once again shine. God bless you and I love you.